Welcome, horror fam, to HHN 365, a Halloween Horror Nights podcast. My name is Mike, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Duff, Jess, and Jonathan. How's it going, guys? What's up? We're here. We're all here again. Wow. We are here. Consistency. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. On today's show, we are very excited to discuss our behind-the-scenes exclusive experience at Lost Spirits Distillery at Area 15 in Las Vegas. We also have several of your voicemails that we're going to react to about the HHN32 spec pack. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at HHN365 and at TikTok at HHN365Pod. We have a Discord. The link is in the description. And our merch shop is HHN365.com. Our voicemail is 407-906-4134. Before we get all to that, we do have a lot of news to get over to, though, Um uh, Jonathan, take it away. You are kind of the, the news guy uh, at this point. Where do we stand? Yeah, okay. So I divide the news up into three segments um, because we uh, there isn't like any uh, – well, uh, the rumors up in three segments. Um, so we have news and rumors. So we got the first segment here that is John Murdy tweets like we usually have on every episode because he just <laughs> he just keeps tweeting about things. Um, the second segment is legacy stuff, and the third segment is HNN stuff. So let's just start with the first segment, which is John Murdy tweets. Um, the first tweet we got was a piece of information about Hollywood's HHN event, and that scenic on Hollywood's first house will start in four weeks. So last week we talked about the tent that was put up uh, in the Curious George area of the park, and now you know scenic is starting in four weeks. Construction is... Is like is ramping up for Hollywood. We're gonna start seeing things, hopefully, like in the near future. Uh, and I know lots of us like to, you know, like look at the tents and stuff in Hollywood because they're pretty easy to see from a lot of areas and start guessing, you know, what houses are actually, you know, are are you know, are they actually? So we're gonna get into that stuff really soon. And the next part is that John Murdy gave a hint for what he called House Number One of this year's. Hollywood events. And in order for me to not like read all the news and rumors and you get tired of my voice, do you, one of you guys want to take this part? No, you take this one. I'll take the next one. How about that? Okay. Well, that's perfect. So the hint for house number one uh, was released on president's day. So we said, all right, I'm going to give you a president's day themed hint. And it's the hint is the 13th president of the United States, um, Millard Fillmore. And it's a very vague hint, but he gave a little bit of more of a description of hopefully like maybe elements of the president that have to do with the hint itself. And he said that he was a member of the Whig party and later the Know Nothing party. And in parentheses, yes, that was the, really the name of a political party. Then he says he named his son Millard uh, and he died in, I think it was 1874. Once... One second. Uh, do, 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 do. Who knows? Yes, who knows? But he died in a specific <laughs> year. <laughs> he definitely died that year. Um, and John Murdy cared about it. He did. So this is, I mean, an interesting clue. I have no idea what this means at all. Uh, do any of you guys? 
I mean, there are a lot of wigs in opera, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, somebody did this on Twitter, and I, I was ready to excuse myself from the internet for a little trying bit. trying to say uh, puppet theater. But John Marty already said no Orlando originals. No, yeah. I'm saying Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Oh. I get what Mike's oh, saying. Oh, 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 yeah, I like the that. wig. Yeah, like... Yeah. yeah. Um, I, bet, I mean, this is a very, like... I don't, but didn't John Murray say that the, this hint is going to be like very out there? Like, mm-hmm. didn't he like preface it? He said, it'll, oh, like, yeah. he basically said it'll mean nothing. It'll mean nothing. Yeah. Like all of his tweets, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like John Murray's wild in a little bit. Does he always do this? Is he yes. always this? Like, yes. <laughs> or is he just messing with us? He like, is always uh, like this. Yeah. I feel like it's extra this year. He's like kind of like he's just like trying to fuck with us this year. He does. He seems a little annoyed this year. Yeah, he does. He seems he's a little bit sassy this year. Like like, I mean, he's always sassy. He's like, why the fuck do you guys already know so much in fucking January? Yeah, I think so. He seems like like personally annoyed about these like these uh, like leaks, and he's like trying to like just like cause chaos. He's going to do his own hints and they're going to be like out there and crazy and make himself like laugh and humor himself and just like confuse people. That's why I'm getting that type of vibe from him. So I have more information. Uh, it got cut off on the outline, but I'm going to read the rest of it because it actually has uh, really important information is that he did die in 1874. Um, but he also said that that was that's the same year this particular house is set. In what year? Mm. 1874. Isn't that right around? Wait, Phantom that's right when Phantom's the 1880s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if it's a then, Phantom? What if it's a Phantom prequel? Oh my Ooh. god! Oh. Are we are we thinking two on the nose here? So let's take Probably. this now. And the so wig if, party. The wi- no. Like- well, no. I'm saying like Phantom takes place in the 1880s. Maybe this is like how the Phantom ended up in the Opera House because it's very much. He already lives there in the stories we know. Yes. How, what's his backstory? Maybe Hollywood's doing a backstory version and that's how Drac and him. They're not fighting. Maybe Drax is dead. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't Daddy know. issues. <laughs> exactly. I think he's just fucking with us. My, I uh, think you ready for this? What? Aston Villa was founded in 1874. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a, a soccer thing. Premier League house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're not getting that before we get it. WWE. <laughs> oh, I, we already had one. It was clear. No, 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 no. Hollywood, Hollywood had it. <laughs> you already got it. Get out of here. <laughs> Hollywood had it. And I was like five. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And it was the worst house ever created. <laughs> Even the Undertaker was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, no more Millard Fillmore. <laughs> <laughs> Millard is almost Mallard. It's a duck house. Quack. Mighty <laughs> ducks confirmed. <laughs> uh, Legacy. You know, our favorite little insider gives us fun little clues. Uh, there's been three more, by the way, since we've last chatted. Uh, that includes a Hollywood exclusive original, an original that hasn't been given a location, and in an Orlando original. So go to our server, check it out. People discuss this shit. Yeah. Uh, but Legacy is making them really, really difficult. He's just having fun with this at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, these are unsolved still, but the original, what, three were solved immediately almost? 
or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, he, yeah. He, uh, he basically was like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. Stop solving it. And yeah. Attack. He made his own like code. Everyone's freaking out about it. Mm-hmm. I understand um, none of it. However, he has said that all three of the clues that we have solved all might be out. Actually, point. It, it's all, all all the three clues that you just mentioned. So the Hollywood exclusive well, original, really or, uh, the original has Mega Location and the Orlando original. All of those uh, could be out completely, even though no one has solved them yet. Okay. Don't bother solving them. There you go. So he's not saying that like the Megan and, or the insidious oh, yeah, clues, clues. Yeah, yeah, and no, insidious clues are, and those the are phantom out. track are out. It's he's the just saying that are the out. newer yeah. ones are Correct. out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't keep up with this shit. It's <laughs> Same. Usually in February, it's not going this hardcore, but here we are. Wow. Uh, he's also added that Devil Dogs was never entirely accurate, but it may be out. Oh no! Does that mean Slaughter Cinema Two is now like can? Because entirely accurate for Devil Dogs makes sounds it like, sounds yeah. like Slaughter, Slaughter Cinema, Cinema Two. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think anchor, they had enough yet. You don't think what? I don't think they had enough ideas yet, like that were you know put on the back burner from t- like twenty eight to now, because that's how we got Slaughter Cinema One. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just I don't think they had enough ideas. Solid, yeah. ideas. Yeah. Not enough solid ones. Just silly, silly stuff. Uh, the anchor that we saw on Spec Map version one was never correct. Thank God. And I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of speculation. Was it not correct, or was it in a very different way leading to something else? Okay. Not so literal. My favorite tweet that I have seen. I'm just going to point it out this way: is ship. Mm-hmm. Can mean many things. Mm-hmm. Oh, like uh, a phantom, a fa- oh phantom, phantom dragon like Game of Thrones. Oh, like a <laughs> ship. Oh, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I was thinking they're, they're not fighting. They're not teaming up. <laughs> they're in a ship. Yeah, is, is Dracula Christine in this version? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Ooh, Ooh it's a love triangle. Oh, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> no, ship can mean a lot of things. Like, it can, like mean a lot of, can mean I, a lot of things. <laughs> I am happy that at least in the general term of like, you know, just looking at the anchor itself and everyone thinking, okay, well, you know, is it nautical themed? Is it Dead Man's Pier 2? Is it Fritanic? Is it this, this, and that? I'm kind of happy, at least right now, according to rumors, that it's not going in that direction. Because while like I do think a lot of those ideas could be cool, I'm I don't I feel like we just had Dead Man's Pier and we could just wait a little bit longer for something else nautical. I love nautical stuff. I think I just need like at least a year break from that to really like be think, able to enjoy yeah, like think fully again. Nautical can be broad enough where it could work, but how far away are you going to stray? You know that's mm-hmm. the thing. is it yeah. Is it, if you're talking Depths of Fear, that's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. If we're talking SS Fritanic, that's a lot closer to Dead Man's Pier suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it just it, depends. And also, yeah. it sounds like it's probably not the case anyway, so it's not going to be a concern. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Jonathan, uh, you understand the context of the last one more. So I, I do. So someone at, was asked, so basically, like as he said, all of these originals could have dropped out. Um, including 
most likely devil dogs was the answer to one of his clues or something, something related to devil dogs. Uh, and they said, oh, well, at least the, uh, someone responded like, oh, at least the IPs this year are like more consistent, right? Like less likely to be dropped out. And Legacy replied, not particularly. Um, <laughs> so there is a, you know, Legacy is referred to a lot of times um, saying that the rumors are all over the, all over the place right now. You know, no one knows exactly what's going on. Things are going, you know, crazy. Um, so there's a chance that it's not just these three originals that just that dropped out. There's a chance that maybe there's been weird negotiations with IPs or IPs have been dropping out or IPs are being switched or more IPs are being added. Um, there is a lot of, at least right now in the rumor sphere of things, a lot of uncertainty of what this year is going to look like right now, which as much as I do love the concept of like knowing everything, you know, right away and be like, all right, now I'm going to like be able to consume all this media and get excited and this, this and that. I'm kind of happy we're in it. We're in another year where things are sort of changing constantly so that you're not really going to know exactly what to expect if you're following the rumors until we get closer to the event compared to something like 30, where we kind of knew everything right from the get go. Mm-hmm. All right. Do so, we want to move on to the last bit of news? Yeah. Um, the last uh, bit of news ties directly to the Horror Night Nightmares server, um, the which is where also Legacy said all those comments. Um, but Mark from Horror Night Nightmares has been giving clues of one of the uh, a house that is rumored for HHN thirty two. Um, all of these clues, because I'm going to read off a couple of them, all of these clues pertain to one house. And I'm just going to, there is like 15 clues on here. Um, so I'm just going to read a couple of them to maybe give you guys sort of an idea of, you know, the theme of the clues. And maybe you guys can come up with, you know, your own answers. Um, so the first one is some things are, uh, may not be what they seem. Uh, and this, uh, the next one is I have to go ship something far away. Be back later. Um, ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ship, exactly. Yeah. Ship. Ship. Um, you know, uh, speaking of ships, let me just uh, scroll past and move to other clues that re- um, regard- regarding ships. Um, one of them is sinking uh, a gif of a sinking battleship. Um, and another one was, my ship has sailed for tonight. Uh, another day tomorrow. So we got a lot of ship-related clues. So that's our first like piece of information here, right? Ships. Um, the next one is space. So he posted a lot of music videos, one of them being Space Oddity from David Bowie, another one being um, Intergalactic, which was from a Beastie Boys rock and roll nightmare poster. Uh, the next one being Rocket Man from Elton John. Uh, so we got a, uh, we got a lot of... Um, space related uh stuff and songs and music um another one that isn't really related to space but it was rock uh, was a song called for those about to rock live from acdc so we have a interesting theme of space rock you know all that good stuff and there are two more that i'm gonna pull out that are weirdly specific um the first one was that uh, Mark just tweeted a gif of fireworks, basic fireworks, and the comment was, 
one of my favorite days other than Halloween, of course, which... Um, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, didn't Duff say that? <laughs> didn't which we talk about that? a film about a specific about, thing that about happens. About an alien invasion. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, can I can I build off of that with how the ACDC one goes in with that? Oh, yes. For those about to rock, we salute you. Oh. Okay. Those are the words to the song. Okay. Um, what was in Invasion Army? Salute. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just saying. And All right. The last... So that just builds on to the firework. Okay, the alien mm-hmm. invasion theme. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the last clue, actually, which wasn't specifically referred referred to as a clue but he said these things twice and this doesn't seem like um i'm so sorry mark if you're listening doesn't seem like a normal human thing to say so it seemed weirdly specific and like like a clue like a wink wink you know type of thing um but basically he commented and said oh i'm I'm at a friend's house but uh the first one i'm just paraphrasing but i'm uh but I, I got to walk on a street to get there, right? But then the second one, and this one is in quotes, uh, was made it back home. The street was short. He mentioned street twice, um, which, mm. and no, I don't think any person I've ever met goes, the street was short. Um, it seems very intentional. It seems very specific. And I mean, Jess, you were just mentioning right now how a lot of these clues sort of like, feel like invasion mm-hmm. um i think you could see how this this little element could also relate to the that street was short also invasion part of um lights camera action that was also a short part of the street i guess you could even say that mm. the invasion section it was just a little stage so yeah i don't but, know to me like that's the only space like alien thing we had <laughs> but also wasn't invasion in um san francisco which is mm-hmm. like one of the shortest streets like in terms of size and i don't think it went very far like how even like did it i that was a long time ago i don't remember but i feel like it didn't use like yeah yeah, i don't think it used all of that space that they're that we're used to them using now at least Mm -hmm. so i don't know It, it all to me looks like that and that also goes with the potential of everything being a sequel or that being like the original side of things that's a sequel we so is saying, that we're just saying this is all us yeah we have no idea this is just us <laughs> the clues all lead to alien and that's the only alien thing i know yeah like yeah. you you could argue that a lot of it's sort of like oh maybe it's just like a new space original you know that yeah. has to do with space but the minute you get the street comment in there it makes mm-hmm. it like a lot more specific in my mind yeah yeah definitely just so uh, like, something to ponder about it, a ship that is maybe not that kind of ship and is a different kind of ship that we've yeah. seen before where there was a literal ship. Yeah. Say crash. ship one more time. Ship. ship. Yeah, there was a ship crash. Yeah. yeah. And right I, I mean, another thing we could be talk, uh, uh, talking about, like, is we just mentioned uh, the anchor, like as he said, the anchor never being correct. And... Um, we got like three comments in here, but one of them literally being a gif of a sinking battleship um, that I'm sure like people associated like with the anchor, you know, mm-hmm. you got a sinking battleship. And I, the first comment here that I mentioned, some things may not be what they seem. 
do you think that, you know, we've been talking about ship and, and, um, you know, like what could ship actually mean? Like, do you think this is them saying what people think is a basic, you know, like not a basic, but like a, you know, general dead man's peer type, you know, house environment, uh, that we would sort of expect immediately from looking at an anchor. Um, maybe it's not that. And maybe instead of a, you know, like a boat, it's a, it's a spaceship, you know? Hey, future Duff and Jonathan here. Uh, there have been a few things since we recorded this episode, uh, that we wanted to add to this news and rumors section. A few of things we even discussed. I guess only one thing we discussed directly in this episode later on, but let's get into it. Jonathan, what do we have? Absolutely. Um, so the first thing is the lesser of the three pieces of news we have today, but it's still very important. And that is that in for Hollywood, Hollywood's Halloween Horror Nights, uh, the Parisian Courtyard is finally starting to get built. Um, there's walls around it, and you can see a big tent right there, uh, which means that, you know, we know we already have the Curious George tent up and, you know, getting ready to start construction there. But having the Parisian Courtyard getting started, it's going to make it all, you know, like super easy for us to, you know, so hopefully in the future start figuring out what that house is because the Parisian courtyard is right there. You can always see what the facade is because of its location. And it's just another indication that Hollywood's construction is just in full swing. And we are really moving into construction season now. Yeah. It's always exciting to see like the visible signs of, of progress happening, especially this early in the year, you know, or it's not all over the place and it's not as obvious. So when it starts popping up, it's really exciting. Um, just kind of gets you back into the the groove and, and, you know, feeling really excited about the event as a whole. Yeah. And I remember last year, like as La Llorona was being built, I think they only just built like a little bit, like the, the, the sheer outline of the facade and everyone's like, all right, that's La Llorona. Got it. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that, <laughs> that was unfortunate. Uh, that it happened so quickly and got ruined. But um, I mean, I'm happy they built it because that house is an absolute banger. Yeah, it was incredible, and I can only imagine what they can fit in that location this time because I've only been going since uh, HHN 2021, but every house in that location has been stellar. Yeah, and I've only gone three years, and every house has been stellar, so um, agreed. So, should we move on to our next clue? Let's do it. Well, actually, I didn't mean to say clue, but it is a clue. Um, so this requires a little bit of explanation for what we're going to be talking about later in the episode as well. Um, and it's that Horror Night Nightmares on their Discord server started giving clues for HHN32 regarding houses and other things. And the communities of the Discord servers are server HHN365's horror fan. Make sure to join that one. We talk about not only Legacy's clues, but these clues as well. And everyone in there is really good at solving this stuff. Um, and Horror Night Nightmares Discord server came together to try to solve them. And we have an answer uh, for two clues. We have two, we have, uh, we have answers for two clues. And the first one is one we discussed later in the episode. And we give you guys our process of figuring it out. So we don't really need to get into that right now. Um, you can guys can hear that later. But basically the answer to the first clue was that we are going to be getting rumored an invasion house based on based on the HHN 27 scare zone 
And of course, their amazing appearance in uh, Hellblock Horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, phenomenal appearance <laughs> in Hellblock Horror. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something I'd be super excited to see, but I won't go any further because, again, we, we do discuss it later in the episode, and it just happened to get confirmed that that was the answer to the clue uh, since we recorded. So yeah, here we are. And we were right. We were. Hey, look at that. We did something. We did some work. We finally can take a little credit for solving clues. We're very proud of ourselves. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen again. But hey, look, you know, it wasn't a complete failure of clues for us. And that's and all I care about. Exactly. Exactly. And now we have clue number two, which we don't discuss later in the episode. So I'm just going to give you guys the basics of it right now. Uh, basically, for this clue, we got a lot of different pictures and quotes. Uh, one picture being a... a picture of uh jordan's uh jordan shoes uh called the elemental i think it was called the elementals um we had a line saying uh gotta go to the races uh, we had colors like orange and purple and even a stranger things uh reference and all of this came together in a really weird way in a really weird way of solving it that that people in the discord servers and we were working hard to try to and try to figure it out and Long story short, the answer to this was not a house, was not a zone, was not even a show. It was, in fact, a very interesting tidbit about 32 in that it will have not 10 houses, but 11 houses this year. Oh, that is more than anything where we're at right now. That is fun to have as like a actual rumor. Just all the discussion that can come from that. Um, I, I look forward to hearing the pros, the cons, the skepticism, and the over-optimism from some, surely. Um, but I think it'll make for a lot of fun discussion as we get further into spec season, whether it happens or not. And I know we were discussing it before, either on mic or off mic, I don't particularly remember, and that the permits that we talked about last week had all the same locations as uh, HN31, which... Looking at it from like that perspective, it's like, well, why did they spend the you know spend the money getting that extra soundstage when they didn't need it? Since the Shrek feeder is supposedly available now, because Minions will be open for a long time by the time HHN starts, and it and rumor is it has a location specifically for HHN uh, built mm. into it. Uh, so, you know, we were wondering like, why would they just get the extra soundstage? Now it might make sense. Maybe Shrek, in fact, will be used this. I'm not calling it Minions. Maybe Shrek will, in fact, be used this year, and that will be our 11th location down the line. Yeah, I mean, it's... I feel like there's definitely factors that would lead you to believe it's a possibility, for sure. And um, if you know if it's going to be any location, that seems like the one outside of like erecting Men in Black 10 again. So, Please no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd welcome it. And obviously, I think staffing is going to be a big discussion about that, and especially considering how that went last year. But um, I'm sure next week there's going to be a lot more discussion on our end about it. Absolutely. Uh, I believe that was it for all the updated news and rumors, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's it. You guys can now listen to us. Uh, talk about the rest of the news and rumors uh, in the episode. Yeah, enjoy that. You know, a couple days old us uh, had fun as well. So <laughs> enjoy.
And I think that's all we have for news and rumors. All right. Got through it. Yeah. So let's hop right into our main segment. So this main segment is going to need a a little bit of explanation. It is different than something that we've kind of ever had on the show before. But Duff and I got a really exciting opportunity to go check out a brand new experience at one of um, HHN Las Vegas's uh, neighbors that's going to be at Area 15. Mm-hmm. That's already, and I mentioned it on the show of this place that's kind of already doing kind of uh, themed experiences and things that like that. If you are trying to have a little bit of uh, like an idea of what that experience it might kind of could potentially some of the the dining experiences and like themed um, shows and stuff. It's already happening over at a certain place in uh, area 15 and Duff and I got a, a really exciting um, opportunity to go check it out and um, to talk to the owner of lost spirits distillery at uh, area 15 in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they were, um, so we were discussing this with uh, Brian, who is uh, the co-founder as well as also the inventor of, of different techniques they've used in distilling, but also uh, the, the whole project as a whole. And uh, Joanne, uh, the other co-founder as well, set all this up for us. We were lucky enough to get private box seats, um, an yeah. experience where we got to, which you're going to hear shortly, an interview with Brian in the brand new experience they're opening in the already existing Lost Spirits distillery. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we get too far into it, I think um, we kind of need to explain to people who don't know what Lost Spirits distillery is, just kind of ex- exactly w- what it is. Because like, I feel like when you hear the word distillery, mm-hmm. you're going to think your typical dis- distillery, right? Yeah. It, Which, it is nothing. I mean, it's it nothing. also is. It technically. is technically it it's is a distillery, also, but yes. it is so much more. Which, which yeah. is I why I I, I really wanted to uh, feature this uh, on the show because there is so much here, mm-hmm. right? Um, Duff, how would you explain lost uh, lost spirits? I'm gonna say three little phrases. Two of them are just words. Uh, one is Cirque du Soleil. Uh-huh. Uh, distillery, burlesque. Yeah, and I would maybe add some like some. There's some darkness here. There's oh, some yeah. moodiness, there's, there's especially a, um, now with this new experience. I think spooky is a fine word for it. There's yeah. some spookiness to it, and it's there's some elegance here too. It's definitely like an kind of it's 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 a sensual, elegant experiment. I I've heard other people call it kind of like. Willy Wonka of booze. Mm. I, I would say it's more like the Stanley Kubrick. Like it's, I don't know. There's like, I don't know. There's something here. I don't, uh, it's a very, um, immersive yeah, experience. It is. And you can really explore. I like mean, it, you have everything as simple as, and I say simple, but obviously it's a very intricate thing, but like aerialists, to uh, suddenly you're in a 20,000 leagues under the sea room where the the walls and the props around you are moving uh, to what they called the most naked woman alive. Like, <laughs> yes. There's everything in between. Yes. Uh, and um, and we'll get to it in a second. It's a, They're going to have a, a really uh, cool add-on experience mm. 
um, coming soon as well, where you get to get to see the more spookier side. Oh, it got super. Spooky. We <laughs> saw things. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, and it, it's a, a historical spooky side too. It's 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 really really cool. Um, so what the how should we do this? Should Let's we just go the interview now. Listen to the interview, and then we're going to give a full review of what we yeah. saw in the interview and the whole experience at Lost. So before we well. get to the interview, so Duff and I were kind of brought into a room, and and we just kind of let Brian explain yeah. where we were. And he just kind of um, – we start off right with Brian just kind of explaining where we're standing. Yeah, and I right. think when you say just brought in, that's kind of how it worked. We yeah. showed up, and the interview started – yeah, we started off and we were set in this room and we had no idea where we were. And we just kind of let Brian take it and he explains where we're standing. Yeah. So uh, enjoy yeah, this here we go. Uh, interview with Brian. All right. So welcome to Lost Spirits. Uh, you are in what is going to, what at seven o'clock will be the main aerial acrobatics stage. We actually built the table for the seance room that you're looking at to wheel in from storage every night at nine o'clock. And then it locks together over the top of the stage. Uh, so the room actually completely transforms all the lighting changes. You'll see it later tonight in a totally different context. Mm. Um, so this is for a brand new thing that we're building. Super, super fun. Opens in late February or probably late March if I'm not you know, going to be dishonest with myself. <laughs> um, so it's a seance room. And the idea is that you know, basically two of my magicians came to me and they went, you know, we really want to do a small seance room in the space. I was like, okay, tell me more. Like, well, when we were in college, they used to host seances in their, like, dorm room. Uh, and they became a thing and became really popular. And friends would all come over for these. And they thought it'd be super cool. And they were based on the old Houdini seance, like, uh, stuff outing the people who did this as frauds. Uh, and so they would sort of start it with everything you're going to see is fake. And then proceed to scare the shit out of people in the dark. Um, and so as they were explaining it, I was just sitting there going, like, okay, what does this look like in Lost Spirits world? And then from there, it became a question of like, well, let's start with the basics. You know, who's, what ghost are we going to try and conjure here? Because you certainly aren't doing Houdini, uh, right? A, the Magic Castle's a thing. Uh, and, B, <laughs> <laughs> right? and B, it's just such a trope in the context of seance world. And so I kind of settled on another figure that has a similar history with seances as Houdini does, except completely different, which, and not talked about in the same way, which is Thomas Edison. <laughs> So we decided we'd conjure him. And this also gave me a really cool excuse to go shopping. Because one of the things about seances is that, you know, in order for you to get a ghost to show up, or quote unquote, get a ghost to show up, you have to have objects from their life that you can bring out to sort of like, you know, bait them to the table, if you will. Right? Um, but yeah, so basically, if you were in here as a guest, step one is you have to sort of like start introducing the items from your subject's life i.e. Thomas Edison's. So, hence the opportunity to go shopping. So, I don't know if you've ever seen any of this stuff before, but it's pretty cool. So this is a late 1890s phonograph. Oh, wow. So for anybody who's not familiar out there, Thomas Edison's claims to fame are first that he invented something called that he called a phonograph, mm -hmm. which is in essence the first recording of human voices or sound. Uh, and then later he went on to invent a whole slew of other stuff, uh, ranging from most of the telephone, although Bell got credit for the last step on that one, 
uh, what would ultimately become the tattoo pen, all of the different data transmission systems on electrical lines that created all of Western Union's innovations in, um, in the telegraph industry and sort of spurred in the modern data science realm. And then they also created electric um, alternating current, uh, which Tesla created in a shop before it then got handed off to Westinghouse when Tesla either A, depending on whose argument you want to go with, stole it or gave it to the world because it was too valuable to hide. Right. Uh, and then eventually Edison went on to create some other really cool stuff, one of which was the optical sensor, which you've probably seen lots of times. Every time there's a laser going across a room or something measuring light density. Right. And that was actually something Edison had invented for detecting ghosts during seances. Oh. Um, so he would use a lens to focus a beam of light really, really narrowly, shoot it across a dark room uh, onto an optical sensor, and then that way you could pick up any ghost movement across the beam. Mm. Uh, so, among other things. I, what you're looking at is the thing that made him the most famous in the world before the light bulb, uh, which was the advent of recording sound. So it's a really cool wooden box for people who are listening and can't see it. <laughs> um, and it's got this really neat ornate top and these brass clasps on the side. And when you open them and pull it up, the lid just comes off. And there's the phonograph in all of its glory. Set that there. Now these, by the way, are records. Um, so this is basically, you know, some long dead person's CD collection. <laughs> and, uh, and if you open them, I'm going to pick one that's lid comes off easier than that one. <laughs> they're, uh, they're wax cylinders that were etched by a little tiny needle on a rubber um, sort of flange that would attach to the top of the needle. And then as it was recording audio, or hearing audio, I should say, that needle would bounce up and down and then etch the wax. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so this thing still works. Really? Yeah, I know, right? It's like the coolest thing ever. And so you, uh, you gotta crank it. So you got five good cranks there. And then when you flip this switch, it'll engage the cylinder, it'll start spinning up. And then when you drop the needle on over here, it'll pick up those same vibrations from the wax, and then the audio actually comes out of the little tube on the top. Um, and back here, there's a geared spring that rotates inside this little um, steel tube. And when it engages the pin, it has a little counterweight on the back that goes into that spring. And then the spring drags it along at the pace to play the audio back oh. at the same pace as it was recorded. Mm. Okay, so let's spin it up. Let it get some speed. And you just... Isn't that cool? That is incredible. <laughs> it gets even cooler. So I'm going to pause it for a second. Uh, so when the way that these were used in this time period wasn't really for people to listen to music in their house the way that you would think of this. Um, they were actually used in traveling circuses as sideshows. And so they would demonstrate for an audience inside a tent uh, the way in which um, you know, audio could be recorded, or actually what they would really do is sell people 10 cent tickets 
to listen to a talking machine. And of course, nobody would believe that a machine could talk. <laughs> um, right. So as soon as I get this lock off here. She gave me 5,000 guesses to see what I'd see today. That was <laughs> <laughs> right. We did not know what we were going to experience, <laughs> but that is, yeah, I don't think any of us expected that. That was amazing. This thing is so cool. Okay, so now, because they would have been playing this thing for like a tent in a circus, it needed a pretty big audio amplification mm. in order to get it to work. Slip that horn on there, and so for everybody who can't see what I'm doing, just lowering a horn down that's this giant like two and a half foot wide metal horn that almost looks cartoonish in relation to the scale very much so <laughs> right uh, and it'll spin it up again and you can hear the difference wow. oh, that, that is so cool and you literally be standing you know, 20 feet away 20 right feet away and this thing's still glaring <laughs> right? in your ear. Like it just has that natural quality of sound where it's like kind of fits. What's it going for here? Yeah, you know? oh for sure. I kind of got that creepy. Well, I mean, I wasn't even really trying to make it creepy. I just wanted to conjure Thomas Edison's ghost, yeah. and so right. inherently, you know, these are just the things you needed in order to get your subject to show up, right? <laughs> right. Uh, which, of course, by the way, we are probably going to fail miserably at. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> You'd probably love Vegas. <laughs> So I'll pause that for a minute, and then, you know, so that's sort of object one. And so we bring it out to the table out here with, the uh, you know, all the floating Edison bulbs spinning around on their floating platforms, and you set it on the table, and you play it with a 10-inch horn, which is a small like, traveling horn, uh, and then eventually you bring it back over here and then put the big one on. And then, of course, later in the seance, it's going to play a role, because uh, this room is completely tricked out with every physics trick that my engineering team and I could dream up. Uh, and we actually have, so none of us were theme park engineers per se, but we all engineered the equipment together after I invented it that right. let us manipulate the booze aging process. Right. And so I had this like rock star engineering team that was assembled for doing really, really difficult physics and science. And then right. the whole themed entertainment side of Lost Spirits came about because we were entertaining ourselves on the weekends. Um, so it's still the same team, we're all here, all but one. Uh, and so post-pandemic. Uh, and so in here we, we sort of got to go nuts and yeah. have a blast figuring out how to play all kinds of weird games with you. We even figured out how to make actual haunted spaces. Um, the only catch to the actual haunted space effect uh, is that we're not sure that we can do it in a way that doesn't violate OSHA regulations. Because um, it involves, uh, you have to hit resonance frequencies that match parts of people's bodies mm -hmm. oh. in order to like short circuit their sensory organs oh. and get people to then see things that aren't there. And like, it's, it's pretty wild when you look at how classic haunted houses can actually be built. Yeah. Right. Because um, there's actually a physics explanation for most of it. It's just not necessarily a safe one. <laughs> right. Um, we were playing around. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you need a test dummy, I'm I'm here. <laughs> uh, so once you get your phonograph in and you get that demo, then the next one from Edison's life is this little girl. Oh my! Speaking of creepy, <laughs> now she's not the creepy one. Um, so uh, so for everybody who can't see, uh, this is an Edison doll. Um, she's on a swing. Uh, we keep her in here just to keep her sort of like from getting, I don't know, bored. Uh, and also, you know, keeping her locked up so she doesn't murder us in the night. 
Uh, so she's about a two foot tall toddler sized ceramic doll uh, with um, a, like a cloth body. Uh, and the reason that she's called a phonograph doll is because after the Edison's shop invented the phonograph, they had this conversation among the engineers of you know, what they were going to do to commercialize their brand new technology they created. And so they, they all immediately went to the most logical conclusion, which is that they should shrink the technology and stuff it in a doll. And so one of the inventions that Edison doesn't really get credit for is actually inventing the creepy doll. Oh, wow. Well. Um, That's a great invention. <laughs> <laughs> now, the first generation of these were so creepy that they actually took them off the market after a month. Uh, those would actually say nursery rhymes. Um, and so then they came up with this, which is a second generation model, and, uh, and much, much, much less creepy, as you will see. Uh, so she still works. She's uh, 130 years old or so. Oh. You're not going to make me hold that, are you? Well, good. I'm also terrified of it for the listeners. I, I also always feel a little wrong because all of the parts of her are under her skirt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so it's always a little like, uh, how do I do this tactfully? Um, so there you can see is her crank. Right, and so we're going to go ahead and give her a few turns. That should be enough. And then you can see on the back of her, um, that's where her phonograph is. And that's her wax cylinder hiding <laughs> there on the back. Um, now these things have a, several really cool things about them. Uh, one, they're actual human hair. Oh, um, right. So every one of the people who worked on the assembly line, uh, after they assembled the doll, they would have the job of styling the hair and then choosing the eye color that would match with the hair most effectively. Um, and then the other thing is that they had to record her voice because there was no ability to duplicate audio recordings yet. Uh, and so with each one of these that you made, you had to then put the audio onto it. Mm. Uh, and so these ones, because again, not the creepy model, um, they discontinued the <laughs> right. creepy model. Okay. Uh, these ones say prayers instead. Oh, uh, all right. So, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 definitely. Much, much better. Apparently, <laughs> the Victorian mind, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, here you go. Let's see if we can. The pin doesn't always engage on this one every time, so we have to mess with it a few times. Right? <laughs> if she goes on much longer, I'm going to turn to dust, Brian. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so she's our second object from Edison's life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is certainly an object. <laughs> I think the prayer makes uh, it more terrifying. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. So we actually bring her over to the table, and then we sit around her eyes closed. And then we're ultimately going to build something so that we can sort of like wheel her out into the center of the mm. table, uh, you know, in between the sort of like occult patterning and yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> it fits. It fits. Um, so good, right? Yes. Yeah. No. For the listeners who can't see, she is about two and a half feet tall. She is a, like basically like a life-size toddler. She's very. She's very big. She's well, a big she dog. Right? <laughs> right. You were literally fitting all of that like super delicate instrumentation. I mean, from an engineering point of view, this thing's incredible that they like, you know, 
they just got done inventing this thing, and then they're immediately like, we should miniaturize it and fit it in a doll box. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, right. that's nutty. Uh, they just, should have considered whether they should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, outcome she, is something. Right. She definitely gets you into Jurassic Park, you know, <laughs> right. just because you could. You right. should have thought of yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but totally perfect for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, right. This was created 130 years ago. It was made for this experience right now. All right. So I'm going to put her back in there really quick just in case she Yeah, please away. lock the door. Yeah. Oh, all, we always do. I'll settle on my Teddy Rusk bin, please. Like, <laughs> like, that's that's the one that I will keep. <laughs> did you have a Teddy Rusk bin? I did not. No, <laughs> no. I did not. Basically, the same, basically the same thing, but like apparently like ni- like 70 years later. <laughs> also didn't say Hail Mary. Totally <laughs> no. no, it taught you phonics. It taught you phonics. Uh, yeah, she's a kid. Uh, so when you take her out in, in the real seance, you know, the monkeys give you one chime here oh, as she comes yeah. out. Uh, and then, of course, later you'll hear her audio again, and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's sort of like the real objects of medicine's life. And then we have a really, really fun one that's probably the coolest one, even though it's not actually something that we got from his life. We did our best to try to replicate what we could to kind of make one. And that's that, uh, so Edison didn't leave any of his spirit phones behind. Uh, but he did actually build them and talk about them quite extensively. And so the idea was that um, it started with Tesla, uh, who would actually, when he was inventing the radio, he had picked up radio frequencies um, that he couldn't explain. Uh, and so it's actually a really interesting story, because I got into it reading about the Edison stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's none of these left surviving. According to Edison, he was building a phone that you could use to talk to the dead. So you could like dial your dead, you know, grandparents or whatever and have a conversation. But then there's no evidence of these things left behind beyond the interviews you gave. You know, of course the obvious question is why, right? Did either A, not work, or B, you know, was he trying to destroy it lest it fall into someone else's hands? You know, what was the the kind of backstory? Uh, And so when we decided we needed to make one, we had to get into the question of like, well, where, where was he getting his inspiration? Because we had nothing to go on. And so from there, you end up getting to Tesla, uh, who was trying to figure out how to wirelessly send electricity um, from one uh, space to another without having to, to run electrical wiring. Right. That was his sort of idea. And he had built this laboratory in Colorado. And the idea of the Colorado laboratory was to get in the middle of nowhere, far away from any interference. If you blew the place up, you know, it wouldn't kill anybody. Uh, and he could set up a laboratory to go to work on, on his project. It's where you get the really famous photos of Tesla with the giant Tesla coils, you know, shooting the, the massive lightning bolts across the room. Mm-hmm. And so on top of that laboratory, he had built this 100-foot antenna and had ultimately made the first radio. And he didn't know he was inventing the radio yet, but you know, shortly thereafter, he figured it out. Uh, and in the early trials, they picked up signals that, um, I forgot the exact phrase Tesla gave in the quote, but it was that he was looking for a logical explanation to explain why he was hearing what sounded like conversations between two people in a language he couldn't identify, uh, which is really cool, right? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and so ultimately, um, Tesla would go on to conclude that they weren't actually ghosts like he initially thought that what he actually had picked up were Martians. And he would spend the next 15 years or so trying to convince the world leaders to begin stockpiling armaments 
uh, and building treaties to defend the planet against a Martian invasion. Because what he heard on there, have, there's, a, there's a clicking rhythmic pattern um, to the recordings. And, and by the way, these aren't recorded audio. Uh, but NASA in 1994 actually spent a great deal of money recreating Tesla's laboratory uh, in the same area in Colorado and rerunning the same experiments in order to figure out what Tesla was actually listening to. Because there's always this thing in the back of your head, right? It's like, wait a minute. These two guys birthed the entire 20th century. Right. Like, you know, I mean, right. these are two guys who collectively, between the two of them, you didn't even need Bell. <laughs> like, that right. was a tag-along. <laughs> like, like, between these two, every part of our modern lives was sort of created in, the, in, in its infancy form, anyway. Like, these are kind of our smartest Americans. Well, Tesla isn't exactly American. Anyway, whatever. But, <laughs> Close you know, enough. Sort of like our two smartest people on the planet at that time. And for one of them to go chasing after ghosts, from what he heard, and the other one to go chasing after aliens you kind of have to take it seriously. And so naturally what NASA did was spent many, 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 many millions of taxpayer dollars to recreate Tesla's laboratory. Would have loved to have been a scientist on that one. Uh, and then go figure out what he was listening to. And they concluded that it was actually electromagnetic interference from Jupiter. But either way, whether it be Jupiter or whether it be Martians or whether it be ghosts, it produced this rhythmic clicking pattern, which you can hear from the NASA recreations, along with this sort of muffled, staticky voice type thing in the back that he was interpreting as ghosts. And the, the clicking pattern Tesla was, was sort of assuming was something like Morse code being used by a just a little bit more advanced civilization uh, living on Mars that he was presumably our, our new clear and present danger. Anyway, Edison figured you know, nonsense, those are ghosts, there's no way. Uh, and so he's gonna build a phone that lets you call the ghosts uh, instead of, you know, going for all that aliens nonsense. And, uh, and so that's what got us into creating the spirit phone. And, and then once we have that, you know, now we can, we can truly have a seance because you don't have to be a medium. You just have to, you know, dial a ghost. Yeah, easy, simple. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally simple. And from there, I'm not giving anything else away. <laughs> <laughs> You have given given us plenty. This has uh, uh, been amazing. Um, I, mean, I feel like we're just like every other distillery. Some of them just lack some cool stuff. Right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's, fair. It's, it's like my favorite line from L.A. back when we built the original um, uh, crazy over-the-top distillery. Mm -hmm. It was, I loved always sort of like, you know, getting the customers to go out and ask all the other distilleries, where's their boat back? <laughs> they should all have one, to be fair. <laughs> We actually used it, uh, the original one that kind of set the whole entertainment side of the business off um, was that we made a river out of our cooling water. Uh, so we didn't have enough electricity in the original Lost Spirits distillery in LA. Well, second original, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, to run the industrial chilling mechanism. And so we were like, well, we're going to need a heat sink in order to, to cool the, the stills off. Uh, and so like, well, you either use an industrial chiller or a large body of water. And so we decided to go with a large body of water. And of course, once you had a large body of water in the warehouse, well, you need a boat, mm. right? Because how are you going to get from one end to the other? Uh, and then from there, you just start building on the rest of it. Yeah, so, I've heard the stories about the boat. <laughs> you would take the boat in, into the distiller. It was so much fun. We had such a ball. So I, I used to work for a contractor for amusement park stuff uh, out of college. In our 20s, Joanne and I moved to Spain and opened an absinthe distillery and ended up making a really pretty elite product that was, you know, 
supplying all these Michelin restaurants and stuff all over the world. Uh, and we sort of stayed in the distilled spirits business until we were in our you know early 30s. Uh, and then we were kind of going, well, we're building a new distillery. We've invented this technology. The technology's all over the press. You can't put that cap back in the bag. Right. And, you know, pretend right. you're doing it traditionally. So you might as well embrace it and own it. And like, well, how much fun would it be if you merge the amusement parky stuff with the distillery stuff? Uh, and so thus, you know, a distillery with boat rides and the whiskey tasting island and <laughs> all <laughs> right. the rest of it was born. That's I amazing. Love, yeah. I love the concept in general. Yeah. I love to visit breweries for me, but also distilleries is not a huge thing. Uh, so adding like that themed entertainment aspect is something that we both enjoy a lot. It's <laughs> I, I don't see how it wouldn't be yeah. a massive draw to a lot of people. What do you see what it's like tonight? Oh, oh yeah. We are very we, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we haven't even seen it. We've been in the room now, and I'm like, oh. Oh, my. oh yeah. and I get alcohol myself. <laughs> well, right. so there's a football field-sized place to explore. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, basically the the short version of kind of what is Lost Spirits um, is we have a full working distillery here, and that distillery exists in this sort of village that we built as like a giant stage set, uh, and then that's inhabited by a traveling circus, um, as well as all the people who work at the distillery. So it's sort of like you think of it as our distillery's factory town. And then we just let the public come in and they can you know, do what people do in a distillery factory town, which is drink, primarily. Mm. Uh, and so it's a lot of fun. You get to wander around and see, you know. I mean, there's some really, really neat elements to it. You know, there, we have several gold medalist athletes out there as the, the performers. Oh, wow. And there's quite a few best in the worlds on the cast. Uh, and you'll end up, you know, quite literally three feet away from them at times, mm -hmm. uh, which is something you can't get anywhere else. That's insane. Awesome. It's, it's really amazing fun. amount of talent. Talk about the engineers you have on your team earlier as well. They're just like some of the best in the world. It's an extraordinary team. You know, we really have put together one heck of a group. Mm. And remind our listeners when we can start looking out for this new experience. When does this roll out? Theoretically, end of February, probably more like end of March. Perfect. Uh, you know, something like that. It'll be on our website. So the seven to nine show is the standard ticket options. Right. Uh, and then we'll be adding a new one on that's, you know, the seance room uh, cocktail experience. Awesome. awesome. Perfect. And then we'd be remiss if we didn't tie in one factor here. Of course, uh, one of the things that brought us out here uh, to kind of expand our coverage is that Universe bringing a year on time. Yeah. Which, of course, you've heard about now. I mean, how uh, cool is that? Right, right? next door to you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you have any experience with Halloween Horror Nights, haunts, anything like that in your past? Oh, sure. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I lived in L.A. for how many oh, years? Yeah. Oh, you're right. welcome. So, so, you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're super excited to have Universal next door mm -hmm. and especially doing, the, you know, the, the haunt year-round. I mean, how yeah. fun is that? Yeah. I mean, that, that's a great one to punch. Someone can go over there and then come do your seance here. Oh, so yeah, like absolutely. Extraordinary. Absolutely. I, which I'm sure we will be. <laughs> <laughs> we will. You will see us again. Awesome. <laughs> we will be here. We well, can't uh, wait to see yeah. you guys again. Yeah. 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 Brian, thank you so much for having us up. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I don't know what I just listened to. I mean, I was there. But <laughs> what? But I'm so excited. What do you guys think of what you just heard? I'm mad I didn't go to Vegas with you guys. That sounds like it's legitimately the scariest thing you've ever I done. I mean, just seeing the doll, like that that doll is t terrifying. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad he didn't let me hold it. I, 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 I absolutely, it was ter terrifying. Um, no, thank you. But I am, this is going to be such a really cool experience. I mean, 
what if they actually get the ghost of Thomas Edison to to, to come? I mean, I, after what I saw, it might happen. It might happen. <laughs> right? It's in that doll, dude. I, uh, I, don't I know. mean, yeah, no. Like, and, and as soon as that doll started as saying like that yeah. prayer, like oh, I wanted oh. the GTFO. Yeah. Religious like, trauma. It, not only was it talking, it was prayers. <laughs> it was yeah. <laughs> was throwing so, hail marys and like yeah. oh thank you yeah it, it was yeah it was very it, so this is an add-on you would do before after. the rest or like after okay yes so uh, from uh, uh from what my understanding uh, uh is that you, you're gonna go do the normal the normal show which duff and i got to experience and we're gonna elaborate on what that uh is in a second um because our day we got to do this first and then we got to do the normal experience after. But I, what I believe is a normal guest will get to do the normal experience first. And then this will be an add-on yeah. experience on certain nights after. Oh. Um, is but it all, private or could it be like a larger group? I believe it's gonna it be was a like 12 group. to 16 the table okay. about, yes. it seemed like. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, and there's a couple of different things when it comes to Lust Spirits. Yeah, where there's the, a full, like, was the, that a 10-course meal? A 10-course meal. Yeah, there's a lot of wow. stuff. So I urge you to, um, if you were excited by any of this, definitely check out their website. They have all of their experiences. And just for the regular of, experience, there's many different ticket packages you can choose as well. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And and they're, all of the experiences that seem really great. Duff and I got to ex- experience like a VIP package. Yeah. Uh, but there are tons of different options that you can do. Um, but but yeah, Duff, do we want to, now that we have done the interview and we got to let Brian kind of tell um, in his own words about what you experienced at that, do or we want to just hop in about how what the rest of the the, the night will look like? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, so then, so then we got to experience that, and then uh, we came back later to experience kind the, of the, the normal, normal, the normal show. Yeah, um, and, and we say show lightly because it's not a show; it's a bunch of shows and a whole immersive. It is location. It's a three-hour long experience. Yeah. So, if if you're familiar with Vegas, Vegas shows are usually very short. It's about they're like sixty minutes at the most, ninety minutes long. This is like a three-hour-long immersive walk around um, sample. You get four samples of the, uh, the of, rums. of their rums that they produce there on site uh, while you're walking around and experiencing um, just different um, s- small acts happening on different stages throughout this giant. Like I think he said something about it's about the size of a football field. Mm-hmm. Um, like hangar yeah. or like um, distillery that is all themed around a different, um, kind of, kind of, from what I understand, the kind of themed around different things um, that have tie into the different rums that he produces. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so we, so yeah, so we arrived and then we, we were greeted by our own personal, uh, with our, our private box, <laughs> private which, box. We got a personal thank you for providing uh, for concierge. Us who uh, kind of explained us how the night was going to go, who was super sweet and super amazing. And then we were brought into kind of the main room um, mm-hmm. and in our private box seats that were themed around a hot air balloon. Yep. Duff, Duff and I had a very romantic hot air balloon ride. <laughs> yes. uh, if you could paint a picture of what we experienced. Wow. Uh, we also got- very unique. You get a bottle, but it's, um, you know, you usually get like a champagne bottle. This is a distillery, so it's not a 
champagne. It's a rum, a sparkling rum that's supposed to kind of be like a champagne, but it is a rum at the end of the day. And it was just wild to wow. drink on its own. It was absolutely delicious. If I could describe this bottle. I'm so of jealous. Champagne. <laughs> champagne. I'm so jealous. It was not a champagne. It was a sparkling rum. It was so delicious. Um, and we, while we were drinking, drinking it, we were sitting on this main stage and they had like this kind of like magician and slash like carnival barker who MC who kind of and it brought you through kind of what you were like, we we're going to see on that main stage and the, the shows um, on that main stage happened. Like, I think they happened like every 45 minutes or so. Yeah. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, minutes or 45 like minutes or so. And they were, they had like three acts each, mm. but you, if you had sat there all night, just seeing those shows, which you absolutely could have, you would have missed so much other things going on. Yeah. As well, because there were because again, this is a massive hangar where there yeah. were different rooms, there were three there different, different stages acts going on. And well, I think like four or five four different, different yeah. four or five, yeah. So and then we, the bars and the, the that were different experiences on their own. And so we ran into Brian later, and I it, I wish I could have recorded uh, it, but it was just so loud, and we didn't get it on audio. But he, so he, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of the stuff that he had told us because we got to talk to him. I would say probably for a good. Solid forty-five minutes minutes more that we did not get in the interview. The interview was mostly focused on the new on the new experience. So, but he gave us a lot of insight of 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 this experience. Mm -hmm. And um, so, one of the things that he said is that if he, because Duff and I were running around and we're really trying to catch as much as we could, and it just. but we just, I felt like we maybe saw personally us like maybe 25% of what we had yeah, to offer. I'd say 30 at best. Yeah. yeah. He said that he had been able to bring us around and like know exactly where we should have been. That he, even if we did that, who would maybe have been able to show us like 65% yeah. of what oh, he had wow. to offer. So there is so much going on here that you could potentially do this yeah. in multiple nights oh, and see different You got to go back. Because yeah. again, there's like four stages. And they have things going on at the same time. So everyone can move mm-hmm. around, grab whatever drink is closest to it, and then just sit and watch that. So it's literally impossible to see it all. Yes. Impossible. Yes. And I feel like Duff and, so Duff and I saw um, Aerialist. We, we saw um, Contortionist. We saw co- like, the comedians for yeah. less shows. I know. I don't think we saw a magic show, but I'm positive they yeah. have magic shows. Mm-hmm. Um, there are singers. There is, a, I believe, in the bar. There is a, a pianist mm-hmm. a ja- and, and jazz. There is, a, and, and it sounds like every time you go, there's going to be different um, artists, just like artists every every night. So the, um, the ones that we saw, you're, you like could see, but there's going to be so many different mm-hmm. um, types of things that they can offer here. Uh, especially now that they're going to potentially adding that, that spooky element too. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much to see. So Duff, I've seen the, Should we just talk about some of like our, our highlights of what, yeah. what we like? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You go first. Uh, I drank a lot of rum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the I rum mean, is delicious. The rum was delicious. I think, yes. If we didn't nerd out about the rum a little bit, I think we would be missing. So yeah. this is a distillery first and foremost. There's so much more, but 
you can tell that Brian is so, so passionate. So I think we need to talk about Brian's backstory a little bit. Okay, yeah. So Brian has a very long history um, w- with distilling. Yeah. Uh, he has been doing so before it was in Vegas. It was in it was in Los Angeles, and it was uh, also um, it d- definitely not as elaborate as they're doing now in Vegas. But it was definitely. Um, like a distillatory that had much more immersive things to offer. Mm-hmm. And he uh, is an inventor as well, which is, I think wh- why he loved so much loved about the Thomas Edison and all, uh, how he has all these Thomas Edison artifacts is that he literally invented a way to barrel age um, alcohol in a fraction of the amount of yeah. time. That like, it normally it's like a lab setting. In a lab setting, yes, is that he's able to lab create barrel aging, um, and that that is like revolutionizing um, distilling, distilling as a whole. As a whole. Yeah. And the, yeah, that he yeah, so like so Brian is first and foremost passionate uh, about distilling, mm-hmm. but you can also t- tell that he is passionate about a lot of things. Oh yeah, that they, that. Um, and we and, and you can hear in the interview that we ask him, like, you know, like like you know, do you have a horror uh, uh, passion? And you can tell that he, that you know he does. Mm. He that he has. Um, um, so yes, the rum uh, and the, the is definitely a highlight of of the night. Yes, absolutely. But of course, we want to focus on that. However, there is just so much that goes into this experience, and this obviously people who enjoy. Themed entertainment experiences, as we have a podcast right. about it. Yeah, entertainment I would experience. say if you're listening to the show, you know, you're going to care more about yeah. the themed the element. The is delicious, and then and not it, necessarily the booze. It deserves attention. However, yes, this whole experience. I mean, for me, this is kind of a cop out to say it this way, but it's the variety of experience I'm getting all in one. Right. Like I'm not seeing a show. I am seeing twenty shows all in one experience. Yes. There is so much to offer here. So. Um, Let's just talk about some some of the the individual rooms that we went into. I, I don't want to necessarily spoil too much, um, but there is one room <clears throat> that is absolutely jaw dropping. Um, I don't. Should I spoil it? I mean, it's going to be on our social media, so yeah. Yeah. So there is uh, like a twenty thousand leagues under the sea slash submarine room that is just. When Duff walked in, I don't know how to describe Duff because I had seen it uh, in YouTube videos and pictures, so I kind of knew what I was experiencing. Duff did. Duff didn't do any research. No. Duff went into this blind, yes. which, and when he saw this room, I, I he was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> he was. Uh, what, what, I mean, he, what did you think? I'm I mean, speak for it was just very much. It was a twenty thousand leagues under the sea inspired room, and everything was moving it was alive yes uh it set the the tone for what it is and the aesthetic so perfectly uh in like a lot of places uh but mainly here like it's a living space yes you know it's not just a room yeah they were able to use special effects to make you feel like you were actually um underwater and they with the creepiest fish that you will ever see god uh that you will probably see see in our social media um, the the creepiest fish um, that you will ever experience mm-hmm. under the sea. Yeah, definitely. Um, what other? So I have another highlighted room. So uh, another, uh, I think, 
element of um, lust spirits that if you don't, if you're not paying attention that you will miss uh, is mm-hmm. the silliness and the humor of this place. Um, Duff and I went into a bathroom uh, <laughs> and uh, when you flush it, uh, when you flush the toilet, there is a robot voice that's very, very similar to something like um, out of that you might hear like at uh, out of Spaceballs mm-hmm. or, uh, or uh, out of um, 2001, A Space Odyssey, who thanks you, says, I am the, I forget her name, uh, um, but I, she says, I am the, the robot that controls the distilling process. And she actually literally does yeah. uh, automate yeah. the distilling process that Brian told us later that she literally was developed to automate the distilling process. She, uh, when you flush the toilet, she thanks you for your, your contribution um, to the Lost Village distillery. Yeah, and that stuff like that plays a role. That that kind of goofy, <laughs> yeah, kitschy, yeah, just fun. Like you can tell it's a guy who's into. He's a goofball. Just, yeah, he's, he's, he's animatronic goofiness and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about the animatronics. Okay. <laughs> they have the uh, what I think his words were the fourth best animatronic bird show, um, <laughs> where in in one of the bars, and um, I wish I was able to record it. But it was um, just go to experience it. Go out and experience the fourth, yeah. the fourth best. You understand American. what it's, it's a tiki room style, but uh, obviously um, not taking itself so serious. The yeah. very tongue in cheek. Yes. Um, yes, and it's a very, um, a very fun. We'll save that for you when you get to see. Yeah, it. no, so, yeah, I don't yeah. want to spoil too much. Um, but Duff, do you um, have any anything else to add? Um, about your experience of the lost uh, spirits distillery, yeah, what a value! Like, if, if you're <laughs> right? especially this thing is like you can get it in general mission was it seventy ish dollars? It varies between the yeah. between the night yeah. if you want a weekend. The price I don't the prices are on the website, so definitely go to yeah. check check them out. But that varies anywhere I think between like sixty nine to ninety nine depending on the on the, the yeah. night. And that guarantees you four full pours of that distillery's rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to see some extremely talented entertainers of all different fields. Uh-huh. Um, like, I mean, almost on the alcohol and just the space alone, you got your money's worth. And then add in all that talent you get to experience. I mean, yeah. And I, I believe so. The show starts at seven, and then the entertainment goes from like for for a very long time, and then you can stay later. Where where it's open and you can just yeah. kind of explore. And they do have everybody. they do have a bar with cocktails that you can uh, for separate purchase. Absolutely, well. yeah. So yeah, Duff and I hung out there and just uh, in the um, the submarine and just chilled and yeah. and, and and talked. Um, and we we got a, a very uh, they they were so sweet to us, and yeah. uh, I want to uh, thank them again for having us out, and we'll definitely be back. Um, to check out the the, the seance, um, and Absolutely. I think when one once uh, we are making our pilgrimage to Las Vegas, um, um, I, yeah. I mean, it's, I was going to say annually, but it's the HHN thing's going to be there year round. So who knows how many how many times right. a year we're going to end up too in often, <laughs> too <Yeah>. often. Right? <laughs> uh, I've never been, and this sounds like literally like a must do for my first time. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, just I'm, I'm there next time. 
And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I sincerely uh, say this, not just because they invited us out. That I'm I, going. <laughs> I, even, I was talking about before they invited us out. I feel like this fits in perfectly um, to to our demographic. Mm. And if you were headed, especially adding the sales, yeah, adding the experience. Especially. If you were headed to H um, to um, the HHN thing um, in Las Vegas, definitely check out their next door neighbors. Um, yeah, they will definitely check out Lost Spirits. Um, totally what they are doing, I think fits perfectly, um, for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, if you love themed entertainment, if you love HHN, you are 100% going to love yeah. Lost Spirits, even if you don't drink, even Absolutely. if you don't drink, yeah, you don't, uh, you don't, have, you don't to, have to, you don't have the to, the value is there it. still 100% mm-hmm. the value is still, still, if you give your drinks apples to a friend. Yep. Anything else to add? Uh, I can't wait to go back and see the seance. <laughs> yeah. Brian and Joanne, and thank you again for having us out. Uh, we'll definitely be, be, be back. Yep, definitely. Uh, well, that's Lost Spirits. I hope uh, you guys kind of take us up on that uh, advice and go check it out because it's worth it. I know uh, 365 will be back soon. Um, but let's uh, move on. And uh, a lot of you have left us voicemails. Reacting to the HHN 32 spec map. So why don't we dive into that? Yeah. Uh, so we got five here. So let's get into it. Hi. Miss Lauren the cat. Um, honestly, I really love the things that are shown on the spec map. Uh, my most excited ones are Japanese creatures, I think, as well as... Um, even though I know a lot of people didn't like it, Lair of the Banshee. I'm kind of excited to see what they can do with this. I like that they're starting to branch out into horror from other cultures, and I'm hoping they do a really good job with it. Yeah, I mean, same. I'm I'm excited. Just the aspect of culture of Cross the Event, and also, hi, Lauren. <laughs> thank you for calling. And thank you for being so active on our Discord, because you yeah, are yes. always going there. Yeah, I'm killing so it with the mug pictures every day. Yeah, someone who didn't experience the scare zone. I, I'm excited for later the Manchies. Um, I mean, I think that they are definitely might allude to some of the stuff in the scare zone. But there, there is a a clean slate here. There where they could potentially come just. There's so much to offer with the the folklore. Mm. They could really, you know, it's like La Llorona. Like um, the Hollywood House is was nothing like. The Orlando no. one that we offered. No. There is, there's just be, it, it, it can be something completely different. And I think there's, yeah. there's potential. No, it can, it can. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, Japanese creatures is that as far as originals go at the moment, it's, if oh. that comes, yeah, it's top of my list. Oh, 100%. Sure. Um, yeah. I know yeah. nothing about what creatures or anything. It's still top of my list. I don't oh. care. No, <laughs> you, you, you say, yeah, Japanese folklore. I'm, I'm yeah. That, that's definitely, you know, let's say the spec map was 100% accurate, which we're probably learning isn't necessarily the case. It never is for the first spec map. Um, yeah. But if it was, I think Japanese creatures would be my number one original hyped um, house. Uh, uh, not number one overall house, but number like but number one uh, hype original house. Because uh, I just, I think it could have really good settings, really good characters. I want to see what these creatures look like uh, in the... Uh, how they interact, and I, I do want something similar in the vein of Chupacabra because I really like that house. I love the intention, the detail, and the respect uh, to the culture, and I uh, I love that in another setting. I think that'd be really cool. Mm, definitely. Yeah. 
I'm just glad you didn't call it Chupa, Jonathan. We, you've made progress. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm really proud of you. I, I needed to call you out for that. But yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think that if we went off the spec map 100%, and like you said, it's never 100%, right? But these are really exciting you know, ideas that they haven't tapped into in this way before. So, And I, I do like the pattern Lauren pointed out, how, yeah, a lot of the originals are, you know, uh, stuff based on cultures. I mean, we, we mentioned Japanese creatures uh, and uh, the banshees, but I mean, there's also Krampus too on that, on that. Yeah, uh, German. Yeah. You know, and like, re- and not just IP Krampus, but you know, like actual folklore Krampus. Folklore, yeah. mm-hmm. And if, I mean, they're researching potentially, you know, so deeply for Phantom, it looks like there could even be like historical elements in that that could be cultural with like Paris. Um, so we don't know about that. Like there could be little elements in everything. It seems like, yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I hope, I definitely hope that uh, Japanese creatures and something like Krampus. I hope they aren't uh, scrapped off the next spec map. I hope, I hope they're still standing. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. If either of those win, I'd be a little sad. Yeah. A lot sad actually. Yeah. I mean, layer, uh, layer of the benches is the one that I feel like if it, if that one is incorrect, I would. But Jap- Krampus and, and Japanese uh, creatures, uh, I would be very sad if either of those left. Yeah. And I, I'm excited for Leo the Banshees, too, um, to be fair. I I also uh, I also didn't get to see the zone. Um, what uh, I'm not super excited for because of what has been said uh, previously on this podcast, um, but... <laughs> I'm all. I'm definitely willing to give it a shot, especially since I haven't seen, like, I haven't, you know, physically seen what was there before. Um, so I definitely like. I wouldn't put it on, like the bottom of my hype list or anything. Like, I definitely, like, all right, like, I'm definitely interested in what this can be and what route they can take this house. Um, instead of fully down on it, uh, just for the fact that I didn't go through it. <laughs> I mean, we have seen them take uh, a scare zone. And um, to be fair, that scare zone was, was good, right? Uh, um, but they've taken the scare zone and just go ham on it, right? And, I and assume de- you're talking about Dead Man's Pier. <laughs> yes, okay. Dead Man's Pier, yes. Um, they just, we've seen them take a scare zone and just go absolutely ham on it and, and flush it out and mm. turn it into something amazing and immaculate. So it's not they can definitely do it. Oh, yeah, right? Of course it's possible. What's, what's interesting, I didn't go through the original Dead Man's Wharf scares a uh, scare zone but from like videos you know, of the zone i've seen and picture of the zone the house even though it had a lot of elements from that zone definitely felt like a new thing mm. like especially changing the setting to like winter like it mm. felt like it was really a- able to differ- differentiate itself from the zone instead of just being like all right it's the zone but it's a bigger version of the zone yeah I think my only concern is it still took these aesthetics and, and similar aspects where uh, I feel like Banshee, you have to fully flip it on its head kind of deal. But Yeah, um, and character design, because Dead Man's Pier, the character design was like almost exact yeah. from... Yeah, whereas if you go to Layer of the Banshee... Frostier. No, thank yeah. you. I feel like Layer of no, the Banshee... No, like, I will rip it apart. Where, where, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's one, Y'all don't one want the that episode. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want that episode if it's like the zone. Y'all don't want to hear me. <laughs> Is that a nightingale? No. <laughs> Is that a nightingale? Okay. All right. <laughs> Lauren, thank you. Shall we move on to the next one? Yes. Next. Absolutely. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Hunter from your your favorite 
brother, sister podcast, whatever, uh, Catacombs, <laughs> hey, nice to talk to you guys. You know, I've been thinking about it. You're talking about your HHN disappointments. I know I'm a couple weeks off, but I've just got to revisit this topic. I, like, keep thinking about it, and I got to say, like, you hit some major ones, but I really feel the Fallen is probably the most disappointed I have ever been in a house until a little thing called Spirits of the Coven. <laughs> <that you're still laughs> Such a really high expectations and hopes for those. And I know sometimes expectations can come around and, uh, you know, like that can really eat away at things. But I think what hurts the most about those houses is that all the pieces are there. You've got scare actors who are working their asses off. You've got some great sets. You have some really fun costumes. But it's just missing that thing. And it's it's not even like just a pinch it's missing the whole kitchen uh, supply. Like, the food is not seasoned. It's white people seasoning. Um, that, that's, that's what hurts the most about those two houses. And uh, I just hope that, you know, they revisit those concepts or kind of a spin on those concepts at some point because, man, they both deserve better. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time, and uh, see you around. Stay spooky. Yeah, Hunter. Hunter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The Fallen was something I uh, wasn't. It wasn't super hyped for it. I will say, but I had hopes, and they were shattered. But I think the issue is, it kind of. If the Fallen was going to be successful, it had to be the straight up kind of angels demons fight thing that fully lost that. It got stripped of its identity, and the issue is, will they ever attempt that? Probably not. Unfortunately. Yeah, and like Hunter, I already know you and I have very similar tastes, as do you know. We all we all love the gothic sad thing. So like for me, I, the Fallen was very high on my hype list for 27 going into my first year. I also didn't know what to expect, so I fully thought they were gonna go like full religious. I didn't realize we were like 10 or 15 years past like really pushing things <laughs> um, at that point. So for me, it was like really high on my list, and then I walked in and I was like, oh okay, cool. I'm gonna go back through Scarecrow. Um, So (laughs) that was my first night like ever at an HHN. So yeah, that one, um, I feel you on that. And that's why I don't think we're ever going to get ghost at the event because I feel like it's going to be very similar where like religious imagery is not going to work in 2020, Mm -hmm. whatever for Universal. They need to be more appealing to all Unfortunately, yeah, you have to remember uh, Orlando's proximity to the Bible Belt is close, yeah. to say the least. Holy Holy Land is closed, but the Bible Belt is exactly. still here. A lot of the visitors uh, that come to Orlando are from that region, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, those beliefs are instilled in many of them, and uh, those things can be quite offensive. So, uh, I think that especially the higher ups are afraid of that. Uh, and also maybe a, a personal thing for some of them too. But regardless, it, it just seems unlikely here. Yeah. And then you still had all those people, what was it, uh, a year ago saying Midnight Mass should come to the event. I think Midnight <laughs> Mass would be a great choice. <laughs> no, it was, it was a great tale about how good Catholicism is. <laughs> I still yeah. need to see that. Right? <laughs> Midnight Mass? I have not seen it. Mike, watch it. Homework. I haven't either. I'm excited okay. to see it. I've been wanting to. Oh, it's great. 
Also, no, it's no amazing. Last, last night. Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I am. We do this every week because we record on Sundays. <laughs> every week we're like, oh yeah, Last of Us. Uh, <laughs> Great reminder. Uh, now I'm sad about the Fallen. Yeah. Thanks, Hunter. Damn it. Thanks. I'm just sad again. All right. All right. Next, next, uh, next <laughs> voicemail. Yo, three six five crew. My name is uh, Thomas. I've called before. I think I called when you're in this episode. But I'm like, I'm halfway through your spec, your spec map episode, and uh, it blows my mind. Like you guys talking about like the hot, like uh, Krampus, which I'm really excited if that's true. But what about Psychoscape Home for the holidays? That was like holiday house. Like to me, that was. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember that house. Yeah. That was a good house. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd pause my episode and <laughs> you guys a voicemail and get what you guys think of like the other holiday houses. Like you know, like there's no one I can think of besides. The movie Krampus was like a scare film for the holidays and and uh horror blood and guts did like a portion holiday. But but yeah, um just gonna continue listening. Are you guys are you guys involved? Yeah, definitely. I mean ACHN does definitely have a history of doing uh like Christmas themed stuff. Hol- and, holidays yeah. and you know yeah. I mean if we even want to stretch out to other holidays, like I mean Wicked Growth celebrated Halloween directly. Halloween. Okay, hey, yeah. yeah, you can even go to, I mean, California. We normally cover just, well, we cover there too, but they did Holidays in Hell. Yeah, twice. Um, the Scare Zone yeah. that was kind of like a pseudo house. It's like that Scare Zone that's laid out like a maze. Oh, yeah. And then they did that full-on yeah. house the following year. I I forget about Psycho Scarepy Home for the Holidays because I didn't get to do it. Yeah. So, mm. like, it's not one that, it comes to my mind like after I think about it for a while. I feel like right. it also still had a little bit of a comedy uh, element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, where yeah, it, no, it, 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 it tried to do some uh, dark humor. Dark yes, humor. yes. Definitely some dark humor. Well, yeah. I feel like Christmas, like scary Christmas is that. It's dark humor. Look at like, even Sir Henry's right? when we go there. Yeah. I feel like this folklore Krampus, though, could potentially I mean, ditch that. Ditch that. It, it still yeah. might be there, to be fair. But, but there is a more slight dark chance. Than dark humor. Yeah, slight chance it could ditch it completely. I don't think like it'll be humor in the way that Krampus is goofy looking. I think it'll be humor in the situations maybe we end up in in the mm-hmm. house. Like the scenarios and the setting could could be funny. And also like I eat like I'm going to go back to Sir Henry's because that's the only Christmas haunt I can really compare out like besides HHN and like Blood and Guts and stuff like that is I've been to the, the two past Christmas events and like we like I'd be really scared and like going through like the the newer trail and then we turn and we ended up in a scene where Mrs. Claus and Santa were fighting and they were drunk <laughs> and throwing snowballs at each other and like the house was kind of dark but the minute we got there I was just cackling because that like kind of like broke the the tension and then they just scared the shit out of me again in the next scene so like it could just be one scene that's funny yeah. and even that I think like could be a high point in the house you need to kind of laugh sometimes it's true that's why we need a show that's not been a long time. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> All right. Next voicemail. No? All right. Next yeah. Time. Hey guys, my name's Rob. I'm live here in Orlando. Um been going to the event for several years now and uh really love the show. Uh, I'd like to start off by saying I think uh, the addition to Jess and Jonathan onto the show has been really great. You guys bring a really fresh um approach to everything and the show is very comprehensive so um keep up the good work there i love listening to it every week um 
you know, you touched back a while ago on, on previous houses um, in terms of, you know, what you like, what you didn't like. Obviously, it's, you know, kind of what draws everybody to the show. Uh, but my very first year at HHN Orlando was 2017, and my first house was The Fallen. And I know there was some, you know, discussion on that house uh, previous episodes, but that house, to me, holds a very special place because that's um, walking in and seeing that facade and just the first few moments in the house kind of made me fall in love with the event. And um, so that house holds a special place to me. And then I went to The Hive, and um, I've always been a um, – vampire fan so the high will also hold a special place in my heart because that's where um, I kind of solidified everything in my love for the event and it's continued to grow since then um, I grew up in northern Ohio very close to Cedar Point and the only thing we had there um, at Cedar Point which is a great event called Hollow Weekends and they, they do a good job it's you know not nearly as to the scale of uh, Universal but um, a great event nonetheless, and um, having experience with those haunts and then coming down to Orlando to live and then doing the Orlando haunts um, was complete night and day. So um, it's that's um, if you've never been up there for Cedar Point for their stuff, you should check it out. It's worth checking out. Um, but just uh, touching on the spec map, um, I think I kind of fall into the consensus where Krampus, is probably my most favorite. I think they could do a lot of really awesome things with that. I think they could still be um, giving us a really cool house if they mix kind of the old folklore with touches of the new um, with the movie. Um, not too much to overdo it, but I think it would draw in a, um, a connection between a lot of people. I know I'm really looking forward to that. And obviously, uh, Monsters, Dracula vs. Phantom. Again, being a big monster nerd, um, specifically vampires and Dracula, I think this is going to be an awesome house, and I'm really looking forward to what they do um, um, with their interaction between the Phantom and Dracula. Um, hopefully it's not too much uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber-ish, which I doubt that it would be, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's certain aspects um, kind of giving a nod to it, because pop culturally I think that's what people think of. Um, and Universal will want to try to make that connection. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a great house. So, um, yeah, that's all I really wanted to say. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off there. Um, but thank you. First of all, I just want to say thank you for what you said about me and Jonathan. I yes, that. <laughs> that was that was awesome. The, thank you so much. Very sweet. Yeah. Um, sweet. And you're right. You are right. They they are great additions. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. A, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, the, no, there's a reason why they're on the show. Um, Thank you. But uh, who on their bingo card had two mentions of the fall? Yeah, and the contrast. Not me. Yeah, absolutely. I was about yeah. to, yeah. I, I, this is what I love about HHN is that there is so many contrasting opinions. So, you know, Hunter mm -hmm. thought it was a disappointment. He uh, And... Um, yeah, the, the last caller thought it was, uh, you know, it was one of his, you know, special moments of his yeah. first house he's done. So, okay. I mean, I am, you know, everyone has a different opinion. I, you know, hold uh, this 2019 Stranger Things house to me as a special moment because I got to experience, I didn't get to experience the 2018 uh, Stranger Things. I could experience one of my favorite shows at, at uh, you know, HHN. So everyone ha gets to experience these houses in a different way and um and that's what i love about uh, hhn and having this podcast mm. is because there's no right opinion about anything it's just art and you interpret it how you yeah do. absolutely exactly that's, that's part of the event everyone has a different opinion 
but also I believe I believe your name was Rob. It was kind of a long voicemail, so I was trying to remember your name. But then I you started talking about 2017, which was also my first year. Um, you probably heard me talk about it, and you mentioned my first house in their hive. Um, I get uh, holding your first house kind of close to your heart because as much as I have shit on hive in this show. It was my first house and it's kind of one of those things where like, I'm going to talk shit about it, but the feeling I had walking out of that house was something I cannot replicate because hmm. I didn't know what it was going to feel like going through something. Like I had, you know, paid attention to HHN my whole life, but hadn't gone. So what you hold with Fallen, I hold with Hive. So I get it. So I thank you for calling in and telling that story because it touched me a little bit. Yeah. You know, I can only imagine how, like, I... I'm going to be honest, I'm not that familiar with The Fallen. I don't think I've watched many videos of There's it. There's not on... many. Yeah, I, I think that's probably why I haven't really, like, uh, you know, watched a lot of walkthroughs of it and whatnot. But I will say that I do remember that facade, or at least, like, a little bit of it, a vague member in my head. And I remember it looked pretty good from, like, videos, and it looked mm. like it had scale and whatever. The lighting package was on the yes. facade. Mm. And, and it's just, like... I can only imagine going to like a you know a, a you know like a, a, a smaller haunt uh, and then walking into your first HN house and seeing that scale and just going wow okay I understand now you know because that's like a similar experience I had with Poltergeist you know I, I've been I only went to like one other haunt before at the South Florida Fair uh, Fright Nights and I liked it I think it's a good it's a good haunt but like. You walk into, you know, walk right into the poltergeist and you see that humongous facade. You're like, oh, I get why everyone likes Halloween Horror Nights now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think probably regardless of what anyone thought of the actual quality of their first ever house, it's special. And I mean, oh, yeah. I, the, my first ever house was not a good house objectively whatsoever. And yet I'll never forget it because it's the first time I ever experienced an HHN house. Oh, HHN, bringing people together. How sweet. Oh, we got one more voicemail. Hey, guys. This is John from Minnesota. I'm a fan of the show. Uh, I want to ask your thoughts about the trend from the past couple of years, basically since 2020, and the park uh, was shut down for HHN and then did the kind of hybrid, you know, plexiglass and masks in 2021, it feels like Universal still hasn't really dropped the, the big dollars on either getting this big splashy IPs or going above and beyond with a, a really unique house. I know there's been a couple of originals that have been home runs, but it's not the same caliber, I would say, on average, going back to 2019 and 2018, which were a couple of the golden years of the event in my mind. So just wondering uh, what you all think, if they're uh, still, you know, contributing their uh, proper due to the creative team and to the props and sets, uh, or if you just feel the way I guess I do, that things have been a bit lackluster and they're, uh, they're just not going all in. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the voicemail, first of all, of course. Um, I would say I do agree that there's been a lack of like that big splash IP, especially if you go back to 28, 29, right? Um, I don't know if that's a factor of them not spending the money versus maybe some of those relationships with those bigger IPs are frayed or, uh, you know, it's just not fitting into whatever they wanted that year. 
Um, and I'd say as far as originals, I do get where you're coming from. However, I'd point out that also uh, Dead Man's Pier, potentially some of the greatest, most uh, large scale sets they've ever built at the event. Um, so I would say they went not just all out, but more in than they've ever gone on that specific house build itself, at least from a financial and scale uh, standpoint. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like they definitely haven't done anything like really splashy, like, like horror wise, like the traditional horror. But I mean, the weekend could not have been cheap. (laughs) And that is, and that was like a huge IP, I think for us, like, for a general pop, general thing. I know that that ruffles some feathers, that, that they are definitely going to more of a, a general audience trying to like horror adjacent type yeah, of but some of it's Stranger appeal. Things at the time. Right. And yet that's the basically Huge. the biggest right. property on earth right. at the moment. So and, mm-hmm. and, and with Billie Eilish if it had happened, which I mean it was it was a rumored thing. It didn't officially happen. Um, but I think the rumors were, uh, you know, strong enough that we know that it was probably going to happen. That would have been huge as well, expensive wise. Um, but and I and but I get where he's coming from here, where it's like um, when it comes to horror centric IPs, we've been missing a really splashy one that's just straight on the nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you're talking in years back to back to back to back. You had like Shining. The Exorcist. That's not the right order, but uh, Poltergeist, yeah. Walking Dead, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, Walking Deads, um, and and even less horror, but more just massive older IPs, Ghostbuster, Beetlejuice. I yeah, I think we're getting that. If the rumors are true about The Last of Us, though, I think that we're getting that. Yeah, I think that that is a big. That's a big like headline IP right there. If that is happening, I also do think. Um, you know, I understand what you're saying by like. You know, we haven't had a big IP since like quote unquote Stranger Things or Ghostbusters or something like that. Beetlejuice was a big IP and it brought a lot of people to the event, like Mike just said. But a lot of people forget what is technically an IP, monsters. And those monster houses since 29 have been fucking bangers. And you can't, like nobody can deny that. And if you don't like them, I totally understand that might not be your thing. But those were big houses that one brought people in, were IPs, and were always like top of people's lists. Mm -hmm. So those were big IPs. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the only thing, the way I interpreted what he was saying. Modern. Was, um, just the investment aspect of it, you know. Gotcha. Splashing okay. on a big IP. Because obviously that's, yeah. they technically have to, uh, quote unquote, pay for the monsters. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's not like a Netflix deal. I understand. They're like a Ghostbusters. Yeah. I. Okay. But Beetlejuice then would be, I guess, the most recent example. Yeah. But the house wasn't well received. I think just because the house wasn't well received, it doesn't mean the money wasn't put into yeah. it. Yeah, I so, will say maybe they didn't put the money into the house, <clears throat> but the IP. The IP is though, yeah. I mean, yes. say Hill House too couldn't have been cheap. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they just kind of those missed, and I think I think COVID had a lot to do with it too. So mm-hmm. um, I think, and then um, last year, I think, I mean, Halloween um, was. I mean, it was. It's just been done so many times. I mm. think that's why it didn't feel splashy. But it, I mean, Halloween is about as big as you can get. At least mm-hmm. at some point, it was right. Texas Chainsaw, Texas Massacre Chainsaw, the yeah, the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I just, I think, I, I think the big difference probably is if you're going back, especially like 
29. You have Stranger Things. You have Ghostbusters. Yeah. You have uh, Us, which at the time was a huge property. You got Final House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. It, it was like all in one year, you're getting all yeah, this. Uh, it was yeah. I get that. And Stranger yeah. Things. Uh, and those all had, like, all of those were very well received houses. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I understand. They definitely, 29 was lightning in a fucking bottle. Especially for IPs, and we hadn't really had that. Like, yeah. we had a couple. Absolutely, we'll get back there. I think. I think that they yeah. had to probably splurge some of the budget to get the weekend. To be there. <laughs> if I'm assuming, Definitely. I'm assuming. And the Last of Us. And the Last of Us, yeah. But but who knows? There's still there are rumors that there is another bigger splashier IP uh, that would go along with the, the Last yeah. of Us. We'll so see. I don't know what and, that could be. But uh, with Asidius and Megan and Last of Us yeah. and one other. I mean that's a pretty and monsters that's a pretty heavy IP there. Yeah. So is. who knows what that big splashy IP is, and I don't know if we get it. But if it does come, I mean those together with Megan and Sidious um, monsters. Yeah. I mean, not yeah. saying this is what it is, but imagine if it was like Stranger Things season four pulled out of their ass. Like that's suddenly yeah. like maybe the strongest looking IP lineup ever. So if you get something along that like that level of property, like mm-hmm. yeah, insane. Yeah, because I mean even if. I think it's lost a little bit that like Insidious and Megan are two pretty huge IPs to put yeah. in. A- Megan uh, made bank. They were going to be Megan huge. made so much money. Insidious is one of the largest modern horror IPs mm-hmm. for our period. Yeah. Especially if the rumors are maybe Five Nights at Freddy's. If the, the those like. That'll be in the next couple of years. I, without a doubt. Yeah. I think that's going to be at the event. I think that's why the Blumhouse. Everyone can bitch about. Oh, now Blumhouse is. I've heard people say Blumhouse is going to be the next Walking Dead. Because it's been but so it's consistent. I don't think it's the same. Yeah. The properties right. are so different. So, but you guys are bitching about something that is leading to Five Nights at Freddy's. That's probably why they're keeping this up. That's like, Let's be uh, honest. That's like saying anytime they bring out a universal property. Like, oh, it's the Walking Dead. Because it's all by oh, universal. No, <laughs> no but yeah, I also company. do think. That, Relax. <laughs> I think that undermining The Last of Us, even if it is going to be the biggest IP, that's not something we should do because I think they're going to put the money into the makeup and the mm-hmm. costume and the mm-hmm. style. You can't get that one wrong. Definitely. That is no. one that if you half ass it even slightly, it's going to be. I have so much faith. Yeah. So much faith in that one that, like, you even if that is our headline, no. Way. No, even if that is like our headlining IP, I have a lot of faith that it could be like a like a Stranger Things twenty eight. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I don't want to like put too much faith in it, but like potentially, I could definitely see it. And even be, this, just what the property is in the visual mm-hmm. in it, this has a lot of potential to be like an absolute all timer IP, like yeah. one million yeah. percent. I'm super stoked. And my question is, would you rather have quality over quantity then? Because would you rather have a bunch of IPs like 29 or one no. really fucking solid IP and Chucky as well? Listen, I will and then take, Monsters. Oh, yeah. I will take the 6-4 original split every year. Uh, same. Listen, outside of the fact that I'm a fan of originals, uh, yeah. but if it means you're going to get that banger IP instead of just more IPs, please, mm-hmm. every day. Take out the fact Always that quality. I love originals and I, just, I would rather have less IPs that are great. I forgot I about Chucky. Like, you add yeah. the bits. I yeah. completely forgot about The Last of Us. Everyone yeah. keeps forgetting about Chucky. because, And also, I forgot about Blumhouse. Yeah. I didn't even say Blumhouse in that. So yeah. that four right there, I am so hyped. And the potential of getting another one or something else replaced, I really don't want something replaced. But yeah. 
I'm excited for an off year for 32. That is like not something I was going to be excited, but that's not something I thought I was going to say in February. Mm-hmm. Being this excited for spec. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I will say like in the, in the context of like, they haven't really been wanting to, you know, the idea of like, you know, splashing cash for the last couple of years, like, like you guys sort of pointed out, I really think that was just a, a result of not that universal wasn't willing to spend a money, but just, things happen in contract negotiations negotiations yeah, like, yeah. negotiations like you said mike a billy eilish was supposed to happen in 30 yeah. um imagine that lineup you know billy eilish hill house beetlejuice like all on the <sighs> same texas chainsaw incredible that'd be an, uh, like an incredible ip lineup and it still was but billy eilish was definitely like um besides beetlejuice she was definitely the more modern she would have uh, made up for my beetlejuice disappointment incredible disappointment i hope paper yeah. <laughs> we'll say that Okay, on, on yes, we don't know. For, uh, faith. In terms of, in terms no, of, no, I mean the lineup as a whole because we know how most. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was like Billy. I had faith in Billy. I think that would probably have been the best IP of the year for me. I have almost yeah. no doubt. Yeah. From what yeah. we heard of what the concept was going to be, oof. And, and what we, we saw the few pieces. Yeah. Right that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. In in those year, that yeah. specific year, like yeah, anything could have got ruined real fast, unfortunately. So like, a lot was, of things got ruined real fast. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. yeah a lot of things. That's true. So we're talking about sheer numbers, how many people come to the event, how much the IPs would cost. Like that year's already covered. And then the following year, remember that year, I mean, 31, we were supposed to get Last of Us. We were, you know, and, and then it just, the show got delayed. You know, that's not a result of Universal saying we don't want to spend the money for Last of Us, which is looking like, you know, that wasn't the case, but it's more of just, stuff happens and you know even if they plan to like all right here's our you know really big ip last of us um, besides weekend things can just happen they can get dropped out and i think that's just going to be the result you know for many years of something like halloween horror nights where things will happen with ip right holders and there will be some years where there's not many ips or there may there might be missing a headliner maybe not because you know, the like HHN as a whole, the creative team was like, we're not, or, or not creative, but whoever's willing to spend the money, you know, is like, we're not willing to spend the money. Just stuff happens because this is a event that changes every single year. And in order for that to happen, there will be things that go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? The one thing that I do think the event has been missing for a while, though, is a really... Walking Dead. No, a really... Shut <laughs> the fuck up. A really, really good... <laughs> IP scare zone. Mm, that's, I mean, yeah. Oh, the last great one for me, trick or treat. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, that is the only great one. Clowns. Ever. It was a, a very. Oh, lovely. Clowns. 28. Yeah. Clowns, clowns was great. Here. Oh, Adam, we do not need to get into this rant, but I'm doing oh, it. Oh, tough. No, listen, listen. I love Killer Clowns, but it's not a they made a great scare zone. It's just that the clowns no. were fun. They put the clowns in a space. Was as bare bones as it could possibly be. Trick or treat was the best that I have ever seen. Not just a location that had great characters. Mm -hmm. Yes. But But yeah, it's been, so for me, what, five years? Yeah. I mean, and pop, some people will say Rob Zombie, Hellbilly Deluxe. That Jonathan. Was, oh, it was very yeah. good. Yeah. I loved Hellbilly Deluxe, but it was not trick-or-treat level to me. Trick-or-treat is still the, the, the goat yeah. for IP zones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still been at least a couple of years still since we've gotten ready. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Come on, 32. Let's go. Yeah. I will say, as much as I, I'm, I don't love IP zones, uh, my favorite one is Hellbilly Deluxe because um, I've only been going since 28. 
Um, and I like Killer Clowns, but I only spent like five minutes in it because I only went there one day. Um, but as much as I, I do think IP zones can work and be cool, I would always, without a doubt, much rather have the connected originals um, like 31 instead of like, here's four connected originals and then here's uh, Cocaine Bear and then the, the side. <laughs> oh, are we getting a fucking Cocaine Bear? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. That, that's how you know Universal be, would be, uh, you know, spending the big cash for an IP if we get Cocaine Bear, you know? Um, I would like to toss out just one concept about IP scares on real quick that someone put in Twitter or somewhere. I don't remember, but a beautiful idea. You have a Last of Us house. If it leads out by a scare zone, make that the QZ. Oh, yeah. So the scare zone is like the the quarantine zone uh-huh. that that's now the whole I love town that. of like love that. Uh, the rundown the, city. Yeah, that fireflies in. in there. Yeah. And, yeah. Like that. and then that's yeah. coming right out of the house. Oh Jesus. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um I'm a sucker for a good purge zone. Uh, I, I, as much as people hate it, and you yeah. know I'm on the same page. Purge zones are so much fun. Especially if you go back to twenty four when they were driving around in the fucking van yeah. really abducting people. I mean I don't, oh, even, watch, people I don't yeah. even watch the purge movies anymore. But you give me a purge no. zone like <laughs> Like, I don't just know. Like the one in, it does. It does. What was it? Twenty seven was the last zone. Because yeah. I saw one. Yeah, I loved it, and I'm not a huge purge yeah. like fan. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. In fact, outside of Trick or Treat, which was the same year, that's probably my next favorite IP zone. Like, yeah. that's um, fair. Yeah, you know, twenty going back. Twenty fourteen is nearly one of my favorite scare zones of all time. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's a great one. Um, but it's been a while. It's been a while. You're right. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you guys for sending in all those voicemails. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Always uh, do that for whatever the episode is. If you want to chat, yeah. talk about anything. If you're Nothing listening now, related to the yeah. episode, we don't care. And if you head, in, yeah, if you head out and see, check out Lost Bears Distillery. Let us definitely call us and let us know. Also, if you go out and check out Lost Bears Distillery, let them know that uh, HHN three sixty five sent you. Yeah. Sure. They yeah. probably won't give you anything. But they won't give you anything, <laughs> but it would at least just uh, you know let let them know that you you heard the show. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. definitely. I give you a thumbs up. Like that's cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember those guys. You tell the person taking your ticket who's like, okay, yeah. whatever. I, mean, I, I get the sense that if if you asked for Brian, he would love to come out and talk to you. That, like he that that man is very passionate about what he yeah. does for sure. Hey, um, all right. Passionate people. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can uh, find us um, on social media um, at HHN365 um, on Twitter, um, Instagram, and YouTube, and at HHN365Pod on TikTok. Um, our Discord uh, server is is hopping. That's the best way to describe hopping? it. It is popping <laughs> like, and like and Peter Cottontail. <laughs> no, it is. Hop- oh God! Am I aging? Was as hop? You've never heard hop- the term. No, I, I know. The no, word. you're not wrong. But the kids nowadays, or I don't even know if the kids say popping hoppin anymore. Pop- it's yes. popping and hopping. It's pop. It's, okay. It's doing well. Wow. Mike, sure I feel like every pop- week you sound more and more like a dad. <laughs> I mean, I, I am. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It shows a little more. I mean, I'm a dad of <laughs> toddlers, but I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, it's still dad energy. Right. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> you can find our merch up at hhn365.com and you can leave us a voicemail at 407-906-4134. Um, what a fun episode, guys. Uh, and we'll see you in the streets.